penalty coming as well. Forwards go again. Murray asked them to. Now he'll play it to scrum half. Extra man, maybe. Cardi didn't need them. They're fully alive, all right. Yes, that was the moment when a nation believed that a team minus Paul O'Connell and Johnny Sexton could survive to beat France for the first time in the Rugby World Cup. That they went on to do so without Peter O'Mahony was truly remarkable. But then, these are remarkable times in Irish rugby. I'm Peter O'Reilly of the Sunday Times. And I'm Brendan Fanning of the Sunday Independent. And you are very welcome to the latest World Cup edition on Down the Blind Side, brought to you in association with DID Electrical. On this week's show, we'll be looking back to that incredible night in Cardiff, looking forward to another special occasion, we hope, in the same stadium and our chances of beating Argentina. We'll be looking at the Sean O'Brien situation and how the other World Cup contenders are shaping up. And in our competition, we'll be giving you a chance to win a €100 voucher for any of DID Electrical's 22 stores. But first, to the most popular Puma of them all, well, in Dublin at any rate, we're joined on the line by former Leinster legend Felipe Contopomi. How are you, Felipe? How are you, Peter? How are you? All good, thanks. We, we can't seem to get away from each other, Ireland and Argentina, Felipe. This is the fourth meeting in five World Cups coming up on Sunday. Tell me, at half-time... In, in Cardiff, could you see Ireland surviving against France last uh, last Sunday? Well, you know, I think that, um, in fairness, Ireland uh, is, is the best team in Europe by far, you know, and, and they show that not only because of their individuality, so they are great players, but the depth in, in the squad they've got, you know. Uh, the game, last game against uh, France, the, they've got some key injuries throughout the game, and and they they not even uh, were touched by by those injuries. They played even better in the second half, and they dominated France from the first minute to the last minute. You know, so I think uh, definitely they 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 have the uh, how to survive. You know. Hi, Felipe. It's Brendan here. Um, at the at the press Hi, conference Brendan. after the game. Uh, Joe Schmidt said that the Pumas had cruised through their pool and that they would be in great physical shape come Sunday. You've been in the UK commentating for ESPN on the tournament. How would you assess them? Look, um, I think that, that that's true. They cruised and, and, and I think that for many, well, for the first time ever, the Pumas had a pool that that everyone, but the players, that they always kept their humility and the the humbleness and so on. We we all knew they they had to come through that pool, you know. Um, having said that, they also it gives them it, it gave them the opportunity to to rest some players in the last game against Namibia, to to have um, uh, and 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 make some guys that didn't have many time on the pitch to play a few a few minutes or or, or the game all together. So I think, yes, they will be in shape, they will be in form. Um, and also, having said that, we, we need to put in context that the Pumas, they had a, a, a rugby championship two months ago, you know. So so they know exactly the physicality and the toughness of, of, of a quarterfinals or, or, a, or a game like that, of that, uh, that calibre. That uh, that experience in the rugby championship is probably going to make a big difference to them in this tournament, isn't it? Well, I'd like to think so. Um, I, I think put it in this way: uh, it took me 15 years 
to play playing the Pumas and four World Cups to get 87 caps. And the other day, the captain, the, the scrum half, who was the captain on the day, Landajo played four years, and he's already in 50 caps, sure. you know? Yeah. And it's his first World Cup. So if you, if you see it in numbers, you will see a lot of players that they've only, it's their first World Cup. And a World Cup is nothing like any other thing, you know? But having said that, they've already played four championships. And playing home and away against Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa, it gives you a, a, a knowledge of the, of the highest uh, level of rugby, you know? Sure, so yeah. I, think they are, I think these Pumas, even if you see them in the names and in papers, you don't see a lot of world-class players, individuals, um, or they are great players, but not world-class like maybe other years. I think as a whole team, they are much better prepared than any other Argentinian team that went into a World Cup. Okay, and they're they're good to watch as well, Felipe. I mean, the the wings, Imhoff and Cordero, they've scored loads of tries. Uh, do you think they'll carry on playing lots of attractive rugby in the knockout stages, or will they narrow their game? Well, it's the way they know how. It's the way they play because uh, Southern. If you see, if you put it in, if you go to the stats that probably uh, journalists they go a lot into stats. Uh, the four the four southern hemisphere teams are the top uh, scorers of the pool stages. You get you know uh, Australia, Argentina, New Zealand, and South Africa. So it's the way they play in southern hemisphere. And when you are playing four years uh, like the championship and so on, and trying to develop and trying to catch up to to the best teams and the four and the the style of rugby of those teams. I think there's, they've been practicing that for so long now that I don't see them going back into a kicking style of, of rugby, you know? Okay, well, the winner of Sunday's game is likely to play Australia in the semi-finals. Of course, you know the bloke who's coaching the Wallabies. Uh, have you been surprised by the effect that Michael Checker has had on Australia? No, not at all, because... Um, to be fair, I spoke. I, I I still speak a lot with Michael, and and now they also have uh, Mario Ledesma, a very close friend of mine, coaching the scrum and and the forwards in Australia. So I, I'm quite in contact with them. Um, and and I, you know, when we spoke, and and I spoke a few months ago with them, I said it's very similar to what happened uh, in Leinster. You know, sure. a very gifted bunch of players that they had a, a bit of a problem in, in, in the scrum and they conceded a lot of points against, you know. So if, you, if you, you trust on your ability to score, but if you don't, the, the day you don't score 30 points, you lose the game. So the key was to cut down the, the amount of points that you, that you concede, you know. And if you see in the pool stages and in the group of tests, Australia together with Ireland, they are the two teams with the best defense. So they put in, in, in they, they, they attacked two major defects they had, that was the scrum and the, and the defense or the conce- or, or, or conceding points. And now by solving that, they, they know they have the, they know they have the, the um, how do you say, the quality and the, um, 
how do you how do you mention the the, the, the strength in attack you know Philippe, with your medical hat on you if I can ask you just for a second there's been a lot of injuries in this tournament and the the physical nature of the Ireland France game was absolutely brutal on on Sunday night um the southern hemisphere teams maybe are, are more I've heard this suggested are, are better at attacking space rather than people do you think there's any merit in that or, or what do you make of it yeah could be it's a good way I haven't thought about it um, it could be one of the of the reasons it has to be analysed you know but um, I think that uh, yeah I was surprised with the amount of injuries the World Cup considered this uh, the, 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 that they were throughout this World Cup but Having said that, it's not it's difficult to make an analysis at the moment. You have to go throughout every injury and see how they got in and then try to assess what was the problem. But it could be a, a good way of putting it. I think that a, no, normally in Southern Hemisphere, you, you work a lot on evasion, while yeah. in Northern Hemisphere, they look a lot on, on muscling the, the other team, you know, so... Uh, it could be, and I never thought about it. It's a good, uh, good way of putting it. I, I robbed your idea. <laughs> well, I robbed it from somebody else, Felipe. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, Felipe, give us your, your prediction then for Sunday. Well, I think my heart is, is obviously with Argentina, you know. Um, mm-hmm. my, my head is split in two, you know. I think it's a 50-50. <laughs> and whoever can impose, whoever can have the ball, uh, will win that game because I think Argentina is a team that that feels more comfortable with the ball than without the ball, and and the same Ireland, you know. Although Ireland has a a bit of an edge when they don't have the ball, they have a better defense than Argentina. Okay. Having said that, they lost a big big uh, player in O'Mahony, and we have to see what happens with Sean O'Brien. You know, if that's a loss. Uh, it will be a massive blow because two guys that they 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 make the the breakdown very very difficult for opposition. Cool. Well, look, we lo- we hope everyone will enjoy it, and we're we're really keen keenly looking forward to it. Um, Felipe, you're very good to join us and enjoy the rest of the tournament. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks, Felipe. Take care. Competition time. Congratulations to last week's winner, Alvin Mulhall from Shankill. This week, for a chance to win a €100 Euro voucher for any of DID's 22 stores around the country, just answer the following question. Ireland take on Argentina in Cardiff on Sunday, chasing a spot in the World Cup semi-final. How many World Cup semis have Ireland previously been in? Is it A, 2, B, 1, or C, none at all? Answers, as usual, to the competition tab on our website, downtheblindside.com. Now, let's dwell on the buzz of that hectic night in Cardiff. Before we left the press room to head up to the rafters on Sunday, we asked a few of our French and British colleagues how they thought it would go, and here's what they said. Ian Borthwick, Racing 92, France to win by five points because they're fitter than they've ever been. They've been together for nearly three months. They're not the same team as Ireland played in the Six Nations. And I think they've always got a big game in them, and this might be the one today. Hi, this is uh, Paul Ackford from The Times. Uh, I've gone for France by 12 because I think they're bubbling 
under and they can produce three or four big moments in a game and in World Cup games of this sort of quality that will determine the outcome. OK, Nick Kane, the rugby paper. I'll take uh, France to win by five. I think that their form coming into the World Cup uh, has been the more impressive of the two and that really is what we'll see the moment. Arnaud David from Sudwest newspaper in France, so my bet, France by three, why? Because they are entering this game with a very quiet confidence and they've uh, invested so much into this game that uh, as Frédéric Michalak uh, proved over the first few games, they can do it. Ben Pommier from La Montagne, uh, France by, by 12, because the, the target is uh, Johnny Sexton. Stuart Barnes, time, Sunday time, sometimes Irish times as well. Uh, it's Schmidt versus San Andre. It's about coaching, it's the tactical battle. For that reason, I go Ireland by nine points. Fair dues, Barnsey, playing to his Irish constituency there. Um, I don't know, did you feel confident beforehand, Brent? Well, you've got a very short memory. What I said to you was, I thought that we would win by maybe a point or two points, but that I was afraid we were going to take some casualties. This was... Well, actually, that was very... Yeah, I got the casualties bit right. You did, yeah. And I never saw us winning by that margin. And not not many people did, bar Stuart Barnes of Newport. It was a a, a kicking, wasn't it, in the end? It was. um, I didn't think we'd be getting the ole, ole, ole's at any point during the night, but such was the comfort going down the home straight that the incredible supporters, and we don't often give them credit, but they were absolutely immense. And they they played their part. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely played a part. I thought when Carney's try was a massive moment in the game, I thought the roof was going to come off the stadium. And the only previous time I remember a noise quite like that was Jason McAteer's goal uh, back for the Ireland football team. And you may ask what I was doing there. I was doing quotes, <laughs> a quotes piece, sitting in the press box at the old Lansdowne Road. McAteer scores, a phenomenal din. And I remember thinking... Jesus, rugby is never like this. Yeah, that was uh, that was to get us to Saipan. Yes. Yeah, no, you would never have predicted that rugby would get to that stage. Uh, my kind of hairs on the back moment on Sunday was, oddly enough, during Ireland's call. Yeah, you know, that wasn't which, bad, yeah. Which, you know, I'm not a fan of Ireland's call, and I am a fan of the, the Marseillaise, and I thought the French did really well for their anthem. And then uh, the, 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 the Irish crowd just completely took over at that stage, and it was interesting, I noticed that... Uh, I noticed Johnny Sexton was belting it out as well, and yeah. then he stopped, yeah. almost as if to say, "Listen, hold on a second here. I've got a, I've got a game to play." Um, Trying to get some ice back into his veins. Exactly, but uh, I don't think he's really conditioned that way, though, is he? His his, no. his personality type doesn't allow for much ice in the veins. No, it doesn't. But it was a it was an incredible experience, and uh, yeah, I think I think Johnny was a bit wound up. He was throwing himself about. Uh, that's the way he plays, as you say. Uh, the injury, we should point out, I suppose, wasn't as a really as a, a direct result. We don't think of the of the tackle by Pickamall. It was just before that he uh, he sliced a kick, chased up and tried to, and smashed uh, the receiver. And it was after that point that he was getting treatment for uh, for yeah. the groin. Um, anyway, Ian Madigan came on in incredible. Funny, a, a colleague who shall remain nameless said at the point when. Sexton went off, he said, well, that's the end of Ireland's World Cup. And on comes Ian Madigan and plays out of his socks. He was out, He made two mistakes that I can remember. One was a dodgy kick and one he threw, and it was on an advantage play. 
he threw a dodgy pass which had it been cleanly intercepted would have well uh, given that it was an advantage play it probably wouldn't have gone anywhere but uh, other than that I thought he was he was really good yeah I've seen him we've seen it do it before, uh, do it before in, in Rome in, a, in defeat a couple of years ago he came off the bench and, and really took the game by the scruff of the neck or attempted to uh, and he, he really attacks the line with verve I do think that sometimes he, he flings out these, these passes that are a little bit ambitious and not always the right pass and there was one situation where we'd just gone I think Para had just kicked the penalty so it was back to five point gap and at that stage we needed to play territory and try and make sure we got the next penalty and he was still playing harem scarum sort of seven aside rugby um, so it begs the question if we're playing against Argentina who like to like to play a bit of ball as well uh, do we need absolutely need Sexton's control on Sunday or if Madigan were to come in at fly half, is it a problem? What do I, th- you think? I don't think it would be a problem on Sunday, and I don't mean to belittle Argentina as I did in '99 in the run up to that night in Lons. I didn't think they represented any threat. Incidentally, I don't think the current Argentinian squad are a patch on that squad. But in any case, I think uh, Madigan would certainly be good enough, other things going well, to get us through on Sunday. It'd be beyond, I would be concerned about, and not just about Madigan. But anyway, let's let's. Let's let's look at Sunday and one other burning issue. You speak of Sean O'Brien, Brendan. One week he gets, uh, as we expected, I think. Yeah, pretty much. Um, entry point of two weeks, a week for mitigation, a week in mitigation, um, back on deck for the semis if we get that far. I think it, it's a, obviously it's going to knock them back in a big way not having him on deck on Sunday but at least the morale boost of knowing that if they get through it they have him back for the semis is huge what about the incident itself? Well you mean Monsieur Le, Le Cheap Shot um, mm. yeah what it fails to deal with is the whole idea of, uh, of provocation we don't know exactly what uh, Pascal Pape did to Sean O'Brien in the what was the 30th second of the game it was a natural reaction I'm sure this was part of, of O'Brien's defence Um I don't know. It's. I remember Alan Quinlan did stood on Fabian Pelusa's toe, and got him got him sin binned in the in the Heineken Cup final in two thousand and eight. We all thought he was a gas man. It was Quinny, the old mischievous imp. Uh, they've got to do something about this. Though you can't get away with this sort of thing. If you're going to come back and make judgments retrospectively on uh, reaction to provocation, it simply doesn't make sense. Moreover, not not that it just doesn't make sense, but it encourages provokers in the first place. So the, the world world rugby really need to have a close look at this, I think. The O'Brien punch was, of course, just one element of the drama on Sunday. Here's what some of the players made of it afterwards. You know, Johnny fronted up like we knew he would um, whenever they ran at him, which they did. He, sm- he, he put his body in line, which he always has, but I guess um, that was a French tactic. And when he came off, I guess, in other years, I think there would have been doubt. We would have sort of went in ourselves, probably. But it shows that the, there's a squad here. Um, we have complete faith in each other. And Ian Madigan commanded really, really well and uh, ran the show well. And I think everyone just yeah, lifted everyone as well. And uh, um, like Paulie spoke incredibly well before the game. He basically had us in tears before it. So we knew that it was going to take more than just... We talked about being clinical and taking our chances and all these buzzwords. But today, we definitely, um, we knew it was going to have to take more from us and go in somewhere deeper. And um, the words he provided it, it definitely got the best of everyone. And uh, I just feel very lucky that I was in that circle whenever he was able to speak. And, um, yeah, it's just amazing to be involved in. Like they're big big guys if we do lose any of them personalities, but I, I really believe that um, 
and we talked from the very beginning. We talked for the last two years about building a squad. It's not the way it used to be. I think where we were relying on a lot of you know several handful of players. I think we can go deeper. Um, I think you know any team that wins a World Cup, I think it shows you have to go deeper. And this is our test now. It's about people getting chances. And, and I, I feel that um, in other games when the bench have come off, they did well. I think today the bench in a very high pressurised environment came off the bench and did reasonably well. So um, look, we're experienced bunch of guys and we're you know enjoying each other's company and now it's about regrouping very very quickly and um, what an opportunity we've given ourselves no matter who feels next week what, what, sorry, what, what did you think did you guys notice when Johnny Sexton went off I mean was that any discussion <coughs> obviously they do but to use leaders yeah we, we hope that it would have an influence on the team and that that we would go better in the second half. They didn't. They just started running everything. Um, I think it would have actually suited us better if Johnny Johnny stayed on. He, we planned for the for the kicking game and everything. They didn't, they played totally different. So um, yeah. He did. I think they were really good at the breakdown, contesting the balls, and uh, they make it really hard for us in the lineouts. Well, we didn't get our, our lineout the first phase in scrums. They were strong, so the set pieces they were really well, they were really well prepared for. It seemed like there was a lot of energy coming on once you know we wanted to see Johnny Sexton go, yeah. but Matt seemed to bring an awful lot of energy. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think he performed very, very well, Matt, when he came on. You know, to come on in a game like that, you know, obviously everyone looks to Johnny uh, for for a good bit of leadership, and you know, to lose someone like that. You know, um, we didn't panic. I, I don't think you know we we knew exactly what what game plan we wanted to try and execute and how we wanted to go about doing that. And you know, but for Mads to come on, obviously the, the bit of pressure on his shoulders there. And I think he came on and uh, I said it to him after. So it was a huge step for him, you know, to come on in a game like that and, and just lead and and show such composure and perform very well himself. Um, you know, so he, he he deserves a lot of credit uh, for that performance. How much do you enjoy playing at Cardiff because it seems to have become a home from home? Yeah, incredible. Like I said, I've never never experienced anything like that up there and um, it's it's more it's the stadium's obviously unbelievable with the roof closed and, and the, the noise it can create but I think going to the stadium we were just chatting in the dressing room there there was definitely more than 80,000 Irish people in Cardiff I think they just came over to soak up the atmosphere and, and party on the streets um, you know I think it, it's just testament to the the Irish people the way they get behind the, get behind the team and it's um, it's I think we're very very lucky to be involved in this and, and really appreciate their support. Now, competition time. Congratulations to Alvin Mulhall from Shankill, our winner last week. Now for the chance to win a €100 Euro voucher for any of DID's 22 stores around the country, just answer the following question. Ireland take on Argentina in Cardiff on Sunday, chasing a spot in the World Cup semi-final. How many World Cup semis have Ireland previously been in? Is it A, 2, B, 1, or C, a big fat none? Answers, as usual, to the competition tab on our website, downtheblindside.com. Open your eyes and ears to an awesome autumn of sport with DID Electrical, and you could win a €1,000 Samsung 4K Curve TV. Just spend €100 or more in any DID Electrical store or online at did.ie. There's one amazing Samsung 4K Curve TV to be won every day. Be in it to win it every day at DID Electrical. Terms and conditions apply. See in store for details. Any other business? Yes, there is any other business. There is the Pro 12 for starters. It's back. Just to recap, the uh, provinces are bunched between third and sixth in the league table, though that can all change in round four this weekend. The game of the weekend is undoubtedly at Parky Scarlets on Friday night, where the leaders, Scarlets, host Leinster. 
There's a possibility for a long weekend <laughs> in Wales there for somebody. Uh, also on Friday, Collect hosts Zebra and Ulster are in Edinburgh, while on Saturday, Munster v Cardiff acts as an amuse-bouche. Who writes these scripts? You uh, do. Uh, before the first two World Cup quarterfinals. If indeed you take Pete up on that suggestion of making a long weekend in Wales starting in Clenetley, we would love to hear from you and how it went next week um, by which stage another round of the Ulster Bank League will have been put to bed on Friday night Belvo have the chance to go top if they can beat Lansdowne at Anglesey Road also on Friday UCD host Terenure while the next day current leaders Clontarf play Cons Regions travel to Gary Owen and Ballinahinch and Young Munster battled out in Ballymacarn Park but of course Cardiff is the centre of everyone's universe this weekend I'm heading back tomorrow um and actually, Brian, I know you've had harsh words about the city in the past. It is quite a pleasant enough spot, but it just completely transforms on match day. Yes, it does. And um, I was chastised for that. And I was thinking about that as I was driving into Cardiff last weekend. Uh, and it certainly helps that it was at my favourite time of the year, autumn. Mm-hmm. So sunshine, lovely colours, Sophia Gardens. Yada yada, the castle. Yeah, it looked it looked okay, and you, it, it it just it just transforms. You're right into an absolute hellhole. Okay, on the day of the match. Um, sorry to make you sound like an old fella, but you've been to j- just about every World Cup. Or you've certainly I missed eighty seven. You missed eighty seven. Okay, but it must rate as the best tournament so far. Quality of rugby, absolutely first class. Uh, best you, match? What would you say? Oh God, um, South Africa, Japan was was. A, Good game with just an epic end game. I was lucky enough to do England and Wales and England and Australia. thought they were fabulous contests. And our own match against France at the weekend was just sensational. What about you? Yeah, well, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed Saturday's game between Scotland and Samoa. Um, I have to admit that I was rooting for the Samoans. I thought they played some, some great rugby. I mean, Scotland have had, and they've got through to the quarters, but... Some pool they've been involved in. I mean, you know, yeah. the, the Japanese had them worried at one stage as well. Um, I think the Samoans have, even though they've got terrible problems infrastructurally and all that, at, at, and, and politically at home, they play some great rugby. You know, there's this mix of brutality and <laughs> and attack. It's uh, worst it's, games. Oh. Um, France v Italy. I didn't enjoy that. It was okay. about. Uh, 25 penalties on each yeah. side and lots of scrums and just sent me to sleep. What about you? Namibia, Georgia was hard to look at last week. <laughs> what <laughs> were you doing watching it? <laughs> um, okay, it was yeah. a quiet, it was a quiet <laughs> moment. Doing my job, Pete. Doing uh, anyway, job. I think part of the reason we've had so many good games is the weather. Mm. It's been really cracking. Great, great weather. And uh, luckily, lots of teams have played rugby rather than percentages. So we've been... We've been royally entertained. Lucky us. We have. Um, it says down here, best or worst hotel so far? Question mark. Without well, a doubt, the Holiday Inn in Southwark. Shocker. Was it? Yeah, Holiday Inn Express. I couldn't get out of it fast enough. Is that, is that what the Express is supposed to be about? Okay. Well, I don't think we should complain about hotels, given that we're lucky enough to be over there. But I have to say, the uh, the hotel just outside Guildford with the, the smell of cabbage. <laughs> And the frayed carpets, that wasn't great. The uh, the Clayton in Cardiff, just a word on that. It's fant- the situation, its situation is fantastic because it's about five five minutes walk from the uh, from the Millennium. And from my hotel room on Sunday morning, I was able to actually look down Mary Street and see oh, yeah. this heaving mass of green. And um, 
It's and you can have a room there for €4,558. Euro. Not if you're organised, Brent. Not if you right. planned ahead. Yeah. Um, quarterfinal predictions. Uh, there's a possibility that we could have all four rugby championship teams in the semi-finals. That would be South Africa, New Zealand, Australia and Argentina. Let's hope it's not. I don't think it will. I have a funny feeling that Wales, despite um, the massive introspection at having failed to take points against Australia when they had them down to 13 men, uh, I have a feeling they're going to they're gonna do something against South Africa who have been typically South African, um, a lot of bosh and not a lot of inspiration. Other than that, the Kiwis, Ireland and Australia, I think, are clear favourites in the other three. I'm with you there. I, I, I fear Wales may not have enough in the tank with bodies dropping left, right and centre, but I hope you're right. It would be fantastic if we could have two Southern Hemisphere and two Northern Hemisphere teams in the semis. We'll be here again next week to discuss all that on Down the Blind Side, brought to you in association with DID Electrical. I'm Peter O'Reilly of the Sunday Times. And I'm Brendan Fanning of the Sunday Independent. And we look forward to your company then. <laughs>